This is Best Show Gems, the best of the best show on WFMU. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of the best show on WFMU. And I guess I'm the host of Best Show Gems also. As I said earlier, Best Show Gems, it's a sliver, a slice, a sampling of what we do during the full three-hour extravaganza that is the best show on WFMU. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this. Or actually, if you're working out, lean up and get excited and get ready to enjoy another installment of Best Show Gems. What was that, Mike? Okay, R- Ricky. Okay, so Ricky from Marky Ramon Productions is apparently on the line right now. So this is FMU. You're on the air. Uh, hey, Tom. It's Ricky from Marky Ramon's Records and Filmworks. Oh, hi, hi, Ricky. Hold, hold for Marky. Okay. Okay. Hey, Tom. It's Mark. Hey, Mark. How's it going? How's it going all right? You're doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So what, you got transferred over there? What do you mean? I heard the phone click there. Yeah, I was in my office, and my assistant, Ronnie, was uh, he put me through. Your assistant what? Ronnie. I thought it was Ricky. Yeah, uh, Ricky. I, I, I can't keep these guys straight, you know? Uh-huh. Why, why is that? You going through assistants? Well, they all look the same. They all got the kind of... You know the haircut that I make them get, and they kind of, you know, they, they kind of. I don't want to, you know, them to feel bad, but they kind of like ate me and what I do. You know how I look and how I talk and stuff. So your assistants do. How many people work in your office? Oh, geez, uh, thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, it's a huge office. All kinds of film production, and you know, it's like a. A couple studios and uh, a couple studios, you know, like, uh, a whole bunch of drafting tables and stuff. Uh, for some reason, I'm not. I'm not. A lot the of architecture. A lot of uh, architecture. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean architecture? Well, we're building. You know, I'm hoping to have these buildings built that look like drumsticks and stuff. Why? Where would you have drumstick buildings built? New York. Greatest city on earth. I keep forgetting you're over there in New Jersey. Yeah, I'm here in New Jersey. You guys don't know nothing. Uh huh. Well, uh, we we know a fair amount. Not yeah. as much as New Yorkers. Not as much as New York. Well, we're we'll, we're trying. Well, okay. So this announcement. Oh yeah, big stuff coming. Really. Big stuff coming in a little while. Okay. All right. Okay, I got something else that's just as exciting that I want to lay on everybody. And uh, I'm very excited about it. Are you ready? Um, Yes, definitely. I'm definitely ready. Are you ready for Marky Ramone's Erotic Nights book series? Marky Ramone's... Hold hold on. What is that? Marky Ramone's Erotic Nights book series. You know what? I don't think I'm ready for it. Let me just say first that Knights is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Like the, like Knights, like... Like the knight in shining armor. Yeah. Okay, I follow that. So, this is this new thing I got going. I was lucky enough to get a book deal with Scribner's mm-hmm. just recently. And uh, it's, uh, it, let me just say it's not your mother's uh, romance novel here. 
Okay, so you're you're writing this stuff now. Yeah. You're writing erotic fiction. Kind of erotic fiction. Nothing too dirty or too graphic, but it's, you know, it's it's kind of titillating. And how did how if how exactly where did the germ for this idea come from? Well, back in 1995, we were kind of you know, winding down the Ramones. We knew we had like a year left of touring and stuff. And so we were on tour in the Midwest of the U.S., and I had some time to kill before a show in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to this used bookstore, and I was in the comic book department, and this one book kind of caught my eye. Uh-huh. I had this really kind of big buff guy, and he was... You know, kind of getting busy with this chick, and she was in a corset. And uh, I, I thought it was kind of like a porno book or something. And I kind of checked it out, and the book was called Kingdom of Dreams by this author named Judith McNaught. And I kind of ended up getting really kind of sucked into the story. Uh-huh. And I kind of got addicted to it. And... uh I just could uh, Johnny and those guys was always teasing me. You know, he's reading Kingdom of Dreams. He can't get his nose out of that book. And in a nutshell, it's the kind of story of the Duke of Claymore. He's this kind of tall, uh, dark and rugged guy named Ro- uh, Royce Westmoreland. And he's kind of this hardcore guy. And all he wants is this woman who's going to accept him for the man that he is and not like this kind of warrior legend. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do is kind of share this peaceful life with a bride and, you know, live in this castle. And there's this chick named Jennifer, and she is like the daughter of this head of this clan called the Merricks, and it's in like an island or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give too much away for anyone who wants to read Kingdom of Dreams, but Jennifer and Royce, they end up getting together, and they... They have this really touching kind of love scene that really kind of spoke to me. And and the guy Royce, he's kind of scarred from all these battles. and he he's, kind of, he's kind of what? Scarred from all these battles. Scarred? S-C-A-R-R-E-D. Oh, scarred. Yeah, scarred. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he thinks that she's going to be totally like, you know, start throwing up. And she sees all the scars and stuff, but she's sort of into it. And she's sort of excited and She's kind of turned on and stuff, and she starts to kiss all the scars and stuff, and and then he he don't expect that she's going to do that, so he feels really good. And like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but you know they end up getting married, and all these problems start to happen. And stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's kind of it's a good story, and it kind of just got me got me into the whole kind of genre. I started buying books like Mr. Perfect by Linda Howard. The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. Jeez, uh, what else? Uh, the Duke and I by Julia Quinn also. Thunder and Roses, Mary Jo Putney, so, Chesapeake Blue, Nora Roberts. So you're just a big fan of this kind of like historical romance. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. It's like the best parts of like history, which was like kind of one of the only subjects that I kind of liked when I was in school. Uh-huh. You know, and kind of like too, which I still like a lot, too. Sure. And I've always liked. Okay. So so you have taken it upon yourself to start writing this stuff. Yeah. And are you published? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I got a book deal with Scribner's, 
And my first. But book, I mean, they're, so they're out. I didn't. I because no, I've it's never... coming out. My first okay. book's going to be coming out February sixteenth. Really? And the name of that book is? It's called Lady Wainsworth's Desires. Lady Wainsworth's Desires. Yeah. Well, that's that's fantastic. Is there is there any part of the book you can read for us? Well, yeah, sure. I'd love to give you a little sample. I know your readers are probably kind of wanting to hear what Marky's up to. That my stuff. readers would. Your listeners. Sorry. I See, i got to switch gears because I was doing an interview today with uh, Romance Monthly, and I was kind of in the, you know, your reader's gear, and now i got to switch it over to your listener's gear because uh-huh. you're on the radio and not in a book. Sure. In a magazine. Yeah, this is not a book or a magazine. Yeah, I know that. Don't get smart with me. Well, no, I'm reiterating what you just said. I'm not getting wait, smart. You, wait, you what? I'm, I said I'm reiterating what you just said. You don't, no, you don't use profanity with Marky Ramon. That's not, that's not profanity. Okay, let's, let's just take move. Let's step back, okay? We're let's gonna, just move on. Let's, let's go, no, let's go back to like a minute ago. And we'll yeah. kind of like pretend that that just never happened. Yeah, let's put, we'll let that stretch just okay. fade away. Okay, ready so, to take a little breather. So, so the... Two seconds of breathers. Yeah, two seconds of breathers. So the section no, you're... No, take two seconds. Oh, okay. All right. So the section of the book... You, you, there's part of the book you can read that is not uh, that is friendly to the uh, to the airwaves. Yeah, like I don't, like I said before, I don't get too dirty. But let me give you a little backstory on what this book's about. It's called, like I said, it's called Lady Wainsworth's Desires, and it's it takes place during the Rev- Revolutionary War. Uh huh. And it's this young woman named Lady Wainsworth, and she's married to General Rupert Wainsworth, and he's a high-ranking British general stationed in Massachusetts. Okay. And Rupert gives her everything she wants, and he, you know, he showers her with all the the accoutrements a lady in her position should have and kind of expect. Mm-hmm. But Lady Wainsworth, she wants one thing that Rupert can't give her, and that, of course, is his undivided attention. Okay. See, Rupert, he's so caught up in defeating General Israel Putnam and his colonial forces, that it consumes his every waking moment. Wait, I I missed that last stretch there. What? Rupert, he's really, you know, all he can think about is is this battle that he's going to get into with General Israel Putnam and the colonial forces. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all he thinks about, and he can't think about, you know, other stuff like, you know, his wife and making love to her and stuff. Okay. And so eventually Lady Wainsworth, her eye starts to wander. Yeah. And she sets her intentions on some other people, you know, namely this peasant stable boy. A pet, okay. Who takes care of the horses. All right, and what's the stable boy's name? Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. And... Okay. So I'll, I'll read a little passage from the book. Okay, this is a passage from Lady Wainsworth's Desires by Marky Ramone of the world-famous Ramones. Okay. Lady Wainsworth watched with great sadness as her husband mounted his steed and rode out of sight. Rupert was bound for a secret conclave with his British Army compatriots, General Thomas Gage and General Sir William Howe, to decide how best to handle potential colonist uprisings. 
It had been so long since Lady Wainsworth had felt her once a ten of lover's touch that she could not be blamed for noticing the muscular, glistening upper torso of the 19-year-old stable boy, Marcus, as he carried an oversized bag of feed to the awaiting horses. Back at the house, Lady Wainsworth tried her best to busy herself planning what to wear to General Gage's gala costume ball, but she soon found that she could not banish the image of Marcus's rippling chest and powerful biceps from her tormented mind. My dearest Lord, Lady Wainsworth asked as she fell to the floor, why do you tempt me so with this gorgeous creation of yours? I am weak, and I know not if I can resist the temptation to partake of your wondrous bounty. Unable to contain her passions, Lady Wainsworth soon found herself making the familiar walk down to the stable. The irony of the situation was not lost on Lady Wainsworth. This time a quarry at the stable would be a stallion of another kind, a man-stallion, one who could make it feel like a woman again, not a possession on the arm of a powerful general. When she reached the stable, Lady Wainsworth stopped and pressed the ear against its rough-weathered door. She could hear young Marcus grunting deeply as he bailed hay inside. Lady Wainsworth pushed open the heavy stable door. The first thing she noticed was how incredibly hard it was inside. The second thing she noticed was Marcus's shimmering strap and powerful back. She gazed in wonder as the muscles ripped each time he impaled a mound of hay with his iron pitchfork. Lady Wainsworth walked slowly towards Marcus, who would not hurt her enter the barn. As she entered and neared him, Lady Wainsworth tried her best to ignore the pungent wave of body odor that emanated from Marcus every time he flung one of the heavy bales from his pitchfork. Yuck. Now just inches away, Lady Wainsworth breathed deeply and placed her soft, delicate hands on Marcus's rugged shoulders. Ugh. Hey, I don't need no comment. I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just picturing. Let me finish, okay? You finish. Okay, you're right. Two seconds. Okay. Startled, Marcus quickly turned to face the intruder. Confu confusion registered on Marcus's cherubic face as he looked into Lady Wainsworth's longing eyes. I'm sorry, my lady, said Marcus. I didn't know you were desirous of a ride today. I shall fetch your usual steed. Just then, Lady Wainsworth grabbed Marcus's massive arm, stopping him in his tracks. I am desirous of a ride, she sighed, but not from Buttercup. Ugh. With that, Lady Wainsworth pressed her lips against Marcus's. Marcus pulled away, his confusion growing deeper. But Lady Wainsworth, you are a noble woman, and I am a lowly stable boy, said Marcus. And what if the general discovers us? My husband is not due to return until it is morn, said Lady Wainsworth as she unbuttoned her blouse, oh. revealing a heaving, ample bosom. Oh, I hate it. Come partake of my fruit basket. Oh, I hate this. That's a little taste of it. Well, that's... Wait, you, you don't like it? I think it's gross. I think it's heavily erotic. Now, am and I... I'm sure your listeners do, too. Now... Are you sure the listeners do too? Now, are you are you uh, are you sure that uh, 
that this is that anyone wants this? I'm sure they do. Let me just kind of—I don't want to give too much away, but let me tell you a little bit of mo- a bit more about what happens. Eventually, Lady Wainsworth she gets in with the colonists and starts to tell them that her husband is making these battle plans and all lets all his secrets kind of be known, and she becomes a spy for the colonists. But she also has kind of these dalliances with some of the war's key players like Paul Revere, John Paul Jones, Ben Franklin, even Betsy Ross. Ugh. And you wrote this. I did. You know that painting, The Spirit of 76? Yeah. Lady Wainsworth meets those guys on her way to Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And ends up having kind of an erotic encounter with them. Oh, I. There's, there's all kinds of double I encounters ha- uh, about, like, you know, how big the drumsticks are. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's great. It's, 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 I, I hate this word, but it's the only word that seems to fit. Yucky. Well, see, it sounds like you're kind of sexually repressed, and, you know, I think if you would kind of give it a chance you would kind of it would open up a whole new world of like erot- er- eroticity to you or what word is that eroticity eroticity yeah. now am i supposed to picture the character marcus yeah well, how would you describe him again well marcus is kind of you know he's totally buff and he's built and he's got kind of like this black hair and it kind of falls around his forehead and down, by, you know, down his face and down his back and stuff. And he's got kind of a, when he's not, you know, without a shirt on, his shirt is kind of like sleeveless. Uh huh. And then when he he goes out in under the elements, his leathers, he's got like leather, kind of the jacket sort of, black. And he he's so poor that he can't afford like real good, you know, like, you know breeches, you know, tights and stuff. So yeah. he's got to wear these pants that have holes in the knees, and he's got this these canvas uh, shoes. So it's pretty much long hair, long black hair. Yeah, it's real black. Uh, you said uh, leather jacket? Yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, and because it's been against the elements so long, you know, it kind of turned like jet black. It's like a weathered leather jacket. Yeah. Pants with holes in the knees. Yeah. And what what's he got on his feet? He's got these canvas shoes. <laughs> like sneakers. Well, they got kind of like, it's kind of like this gum tree kind of sole to them. Gum, yeah, like sneakers. Well... You might call them that. Back then, they didn't call. They didn't have no word like that. Sneakers. Yeah. You know. But well, yeah, I know and they didn't. He's got these kind of spectacles that are round, and his eyesight ain't no good, so they got to be darkened. So it's really you, back then. It's you. You're the stable boy, Marcus. Who is me? you? Yeah. No, it's totally fictional. It doesn't sound fictional. So what did you think of the story? It's It sounds really derivative. Oh, no, it doesn't. You know, it's kind of that sort of the... the <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. I, I, don't, I guess I can't have an opinion on it then. Well, I think you're wrong. 
I mean, I've heard, I've heard your opinion on other stuff. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you were, what? Well, you was putting down like Road to Ruin a couple weeks ago, and that's one no. of the best sounding records ever made. I was not putting it down. I you was, was saying you was being highly critical of it. I was just saying no. I wasn't being critical. No, at I all. think you was. I was saying no. I wasn't. You saying I was? You you was? Yeah. I wasn't being critical. I was saying that it's not my favorite Ramones album. You, What's your favorite again? Rocket to Russia. Yeah, that one's not so good. It's, that's not as good. As, what? As that one's drum. great. Uh, the drumming's a little. Leaves a little bit to be desired. Because you didn't drum on it. Well, I didn't. I kind of made those songs my own once I took uh, over in Poughkeepsie in, uh, a couple years, a few years later. Because there was such such room for you to put your own stamp well, on it. Well, there was, things. yeah. Well, let's not talk about drumming. I want to talk about this story, you know, my, my new venture. And uh -huh. the great thing about this is it just kind of opens up a whole world for me, and uh, the stories kind of write themselves. And it's uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't encounter a couple hurdles along the way. You know, the, one of the hard parts is coming up with... One of the what? One of the hard parts is coming up with... the uh, hard, Is that hard parts? That's what I said. Okay. I can't help it if you don't hear so good. I hear very you well. You don't hear no good. I do hear good. Well, I hear well. Well, you don't hear good. Sounds oh. to me, and I know a lot of other people have told me that you don't hear too good. Well, I do. Well, anyway, the hard part's coming up with, like, new ways of describing the kind of erotic stuff, you know. It's like in that passage that I, I read... I said, I described her chest as being like ample bosoms. Yeah. And the, one of the, the cardinal rules is that you can't really ever use a descriptive term like more than once in a book. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. So you got to really be creative and come up with other terms for stuff like that, like, you know. I don't know, like lovelies or mammies. Okay. I got to actually... I actually got to turn you down. Yeah, I actually turned you down. So the people out there couldn't hear when I said meat. No, they they couldn't hear that. Hello. Yeah, I got a question for you now. Yeah. You're not going to have Clem Burke on your show, are you? Clem Burke. Yeah. Why would I have Clem Burke on the show? Because he started doing this stuff too. He's doing. He's writing fiction he's also. Doing these romance novels. Really. Totally following my lead. Really. Yeah. That's news to me. Well, you know, I mean, you kind of guess or didn't guess. You kind of made your opinion known that that's me in, in like the story that I read, and it's not. Yeah. He totally, kind of, obviously places himself into his stories. Uh -huh. Totally not cool. His first book is called Heart of Glass. So it has him in it. It's awful. It's totally ham-fisted and don't leave nothing to the imagination. Not like your story. No, his takes place in the Civil War days. Uh-huh. And it's about Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah. And she meets this uh, southern rebel drummer. Named, get this, Clement T. Burkhauser, the third. 
Okay, which is really not that different from what you just did. Oh, I I didn't use a last name for my story. He does for his, though. I don't want to talk about him no more. We got big news to discuss, don't we? Yes, we do. Okay. I'm interested. You said that there's... That big news is me signing my book at your table at the FMU Record Fair. That is the news? That, that's, one, that's the first big news. And I thank you for having me. With me, I don't have a I'm ta- signing books at your table. I don't have a table. Don't you have a table where you sell stuff? I don't know. Okay. Can you get me one? Uh, no, I can't. That's I mean, you got to get your you got to get your own table. How much is it? You, well, there's not a record fair until November, so you you oh, got a ways to wait. Okay. Well, maybe you could work something out for me. Well, okay. Let's take a little breather. Okay. Let's take five seconds. Okay. Before the big news. Okay. All right. Now what? That's not five seconds. That was like two and a half max. Okay. I'll take five seconds. All right. There's five seconds. Okay. You ready? Now, uh, bef- how, how high is my my level here? Is your le- your level is pretty above high. yours. I I'm just gonna say I, I want to be above your level. It is above mine. How far? How many dB? Uh, you are. Ten above me. That's great. Okay, show me the proper respect. Let me just say, I hope that this announcement—big news! It's the biggest news that any fan of the of the Ramones could ever imagine. Oh, I, I just hope it's not what I think it might be. Well, I'm going to announce it in about one minute. You announce it. Okay. I'm going to. Wait, what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> well, I mean, a worst case scenario. Wait, wait, what? I said a worst case scenario would be that you're going to say something like stupid, like that, the, that you're going to try to reform the Ramones or something. Hello? Where'd you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Well, thanks for stealing my thunder. The big news is that the Ramones are getting back together. That was your announcement? That's the big news. That you're... I've been building up for about two weeks now. Thanks a lot there, guy. Well, I'm... <laughs> for ruining the surprise for all the big Ramones fans all over the world. Well, the reason I guessed it... Yeah. And I said it was a worst-case scenario... It's because it's not possible. What ain't, report? Oh, it ain't possible? Getting the Ramones back together. Sure it is. You're getting them back together. Yeah. Who Who is in it then? Because you got... Well, it's me. Because Joey passed away. Yeah, it's me. Johnny passed away. Yeah, it's me. Dee Dee passed away. Yeah, it's me. Richie. Okay. Tommy. Yeah. And CJ. Well, let me, oh. The Ramones. Hold on. You? Yeah. Marky Ramone. That's me. Drummer. The second drummer, kind of definitive drummer. Okay. Who else? Richie Ramone. Richie Ramone. The guy that replaced me briefly for about three records. Also a drummer. Tommy Ramone. He's the founding member, kind of the 
uh, the brain of the band early on, and then I kind of also him. also a drummer. Yeah, and then C.J. Ramon, a bass player, final bassist in the band, replaced Dee Dee when Dee Dee didn't want to be in the band no more. So basically, this lineup you're talking about is it's three drummers and a bass player. Yeah, sounds good, don't it? Well, are you must be switching off on. Like, who's switching off on other instruments, then? Nobody. It's the three of us playing drums, and then CJ playing bass. And we just kind of hammer out the songs. It, the set goes for two and a half hours. Uh, two and a half hours? Yeah, we play just about every song. Every Ramon song? Pretty much, yeah. So, it's, so who who's playing guitar and who's singing? Nobody. That would be disrespectful to the guys who have departed. I don't follow you. What do you mean you don't follow? It's us three playing drums, CJ playing bass, and then we just kind of we just kind of plow through the songs. There ain't no vocals because how can you replace Joey and how can you replace Johnny? So it's just it's just us, and it's great. It's kind of, it's real percussive. Yeah, it's it's real percussive. I I would bet it would be percussive. I don't think there's a whole lot of problem with that, since you have three people playing drums on stage. And rehearsing, it's great. We don't miss a beat. Yeah, well, I'm sure you don't. So it's three drummers. Yeah. All playing the same part? Oh, yeah. And one guy playing bass? Yeah. Sometimes he don't even play bass. Sometimes he comes back and he plays drums, too. But you, so four drummers at some point. Sometimes, yeah. That, I mean, that is just crazy like, talk. Like an explosion of sound. No, it sounds like an, an explosion of horror. What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying it sounds like, first of all, it's a rip-off. It's not a rip-off. What is the show being billed as? It's the Ramones. And when someone pays the 85 bucks, it's... You know, they know that they're getting the real Ramones. <laughs> they're getting the real Ramones. Yeah. They're not getting the real Ramones. Sure though. they are. We're going to rock the roof off the Staples Center. The Staples Center? Yeah. Which holds like 20,000 people. What Staples Center are you talking about? The one in L.A. I'm talking about the one in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. How many does that one hold? 322. Like a BFW hall that was founded by this guy named Maurice Staple. Oh, uh, the that's our first show. Oh, the Staple Center. Yeah, not Staples. That's our first show. Wow. I'll offer you an exclusive, like remote, if you want it. You know, I might take you up on that. When is that going to be? It's going to be uh, March seventeenth, and all you got to do is uh, so St. Patrick's Day. That's right. All you got to do is front us one hundred sixty-eight thousand three hundred forty bucks. Well, who does? You do. For what? For the exclusive of the remote, <laughs> yeah. and also we could do like maybe like a pre-tape interview for your show. Wow. So for a, how much money you want? Is that one hundred sixty-eight thousand? One hundred sixty-eight thousand three hundred forty dollars. Yeah, I think I might pass on the pre-taped interview. Come on. So I'm offer it to Howard. I've been on Howard's show many I, times. I know. You know I've, it. I've heard you on his you show. Know I'm, it. I'm, I got my own show. I on 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 where? On 
uh, Sirius Radio. That's right. That's right. So you're going to uh, you're going to what? Uh, you're on walk a high down radio show. I, what? You're on a high school radio show. I'm on a high school radio yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I waste my time with you sometimes. Um. Yeah, I think I know why. So you're going to give me that money and you get the exclusive? No, I'm going to let that that the opportunity. I'm going to let that one leave the table. Well, uh, the other guys are going to be really disappointed. The other guy, who yeah. the other Ramones? Yeah. Do well, they even know about this show? Yeah, they do, and they was hoping you would come come through with the hundred sixty eight grand because that's how much we all kind of owe in debt collectively. How do you? What is? Who owes that much? Like we all do. Tommy, Richie, CJ, and I. So you were hoping I'd go in and in one fell swoop take away all your debt. Yes, yeah, sort of. And then we could charge, you know, we could bring down the price of the tickets a little bit so the kids could, you know, afford it a little better. Maybe, like, knock the price down to, like, 65 bucks a ticket instead so, of 85 So $85 a ticket right now. Yeah. Wow. Trying to get a show at Trump Marina. Do you got any connections in there? Uh, I don't have any connections at Trump Marina. All right. What about the... Why don't you ask your buddy Howard? Yeah, Howard's not. Howard's a little mad at me right now. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I told him that uh, I was the one that kind of broke the, the Botox stuff about him to the media. It's like Botox and plastic surgery, and then he yeah. had to come clean about it. I'm sure you heard that he kind of said that he was he had had a couple surgeries. I was the one that kind of anonymously kind of planted that. Really? Yeah. That was you. Yeah. Wow. Well, so you're you're kind of like you're you're really a, a man of of many uh, talents. Uh, you think you're really funny, don't you? <laughs> Sounds real funny to you, don't it? Just yeah. the whole thing, don't it? Yeah, you're right. I'm a I'm the jerk here. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm the jerk. Yeah, you are. You know, it's like that ain't not no funny to no one else. Okay, so you just remember that. Oh, hold on, what? What? That is, I, I got to hear that one again. I Say, said, well, you, well, you think you are what you're saying, and it, it ain't not no funny to no one else, neither. That? That that one, that's not even, that's like a math problem you just said. Yeah, I just took you to school, didn't I? You, you know, you don't even know what I'm, what, that you ain't, can't even understand what I'm saying, what Marky Ramon's saying. Is there any way you could, you could uh, get that, that sentence back again? All I said to you, after you was being all smart, as I said, that ain't not no funny to no one else, neither. That ain't... Let's go through a word, a word at a time. This is... That ain't not... That ain't not... Yeah? No funny. That ain't not no funny... To no one else, neither. You ain't ever heard that expression? No! That ain't not no funny to no one else neither. Yeah, that's my that's Erasmus High School's uh, motto. <laughs> that ain't not. Fu- yeah, it's on the flag on the banner that they got hanging above my jersey. That that ain't not no funny to to no one else. No, neither. you gotta get it right. That ain't not no funny to no one else neither. That ain't not no funny to no one else neither. You don't say it right. You got. You sound like Horshack saying it instead of like Vinnie Barbarino. Uh-huh. That ain't not no funny to no one else neither. That ain't not no funny to no one else neither. No, you don't got it. Well, uh, you sound like uh, a total square. You sound like a foreigner fan instead of a Ramones fan. Like a foreigner yeah. fan. 
you know what? I'm gonna if that's if the fact that I can't say that ain't not no funny to no one else neither. If that's gonna take me out of contention for for fitting in, then call me a foreigner fan. Well, I could call you a lot worse than that, and I think I will at some point. I'm sure you will. Yeah, it's a quintuple negative. You're really impressive. Well. So I when do tickets go on sale for these Ramones shows? Well, we got to first get the, sh the shows really booked first. We've got to find a promoter. I'm just kind of putting the feelers out. Uh, and when, when do you get sued by the... Uh, by the, who? Oh, I don't know, by the estate of... of by the, the whatever legal corporation owns the name the well, Ramones? Well, Linda and Charlotte and Nikki, they ain't going to bother with this because they know that it's unstoppable. I mean, there's only one original member of the four in the group. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a little bigger than Tommy, so he does what I tell him to do. Or, or you'll, what, yeah. beat him up? I might give him a drumstick in the neck like I was going to do to you, which I still could do to you, a little pro mock Marky Ramon model stick right in the neck, right in the jug, in the juggler. <laughs> in the juggler? Yeah. You mean like the guy who takes, like, uh, like uh, bowling pins and throws three of them in the air at a time, a juggler? <laughs> No, you juggler, the juggler vein. Oh, you're just. Hey. I this Ramones tour is gonna bomb so hard. No, it's not. And you know what's gonna be even bigger than the Ramones tour? What? What? My book, and my subsequent books. I'm gonna put a new book every month. I got with this one book that's about Lindbergh. It's gonna be the next one. Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. And what's that about? It's called Brian Brothel. Oh. <laughs> and it's about how, how when he went over to France in the spirit of 76, he had all these hookers on board. The spirit of St. Louis, first of all. No. But what is? I gotta, do I got to take you to history? And I wasn't even paying attention in history. And I got to take you to school? Uh, I think you might have to take me to His school. His plane was called the spirit of 76. Well, it definitely wasn't. Oh, I think you're wrong. Well, I know you're wrong. You work in a cardboard factory. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a huge rock star like you. Yeah, that's right. Say it again. I'm not a huge rock star Say like it's you. it's lower and deeper and with more respect. I'm not a huge rock star like you. No, you got to insert your name in, into it after I. I, comma. I, Tom, am not what? a... I, Tom Sharpling, am not a huge rock star like you. No, say you were close. I, your name, am not a huge rock star like you, comma, Marky Ramon. I, Tom Sharpling, am not a huge... Why am I even doing this? Because you... Know that you gotta show me the proper. Respect. I don't have to show you. I just you showed. Do. Well, I'm not going to read my next book on your show then. Fascinating. Do I detect a little bit of sarcasm from you? A little bit. Yeah. You well, know, you're going to detect from me. What? A little bit of murder. Oh, that's charming. Yeah. You know, Thank I'm you, Mark. Well, my Marky Ramon drumsticks. Where? And you. There you go. Uh, you're uh, get off my phone. Ah. Oh. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Show Gems. This is a sampling of the full three-hour Best Show on WFMU, which can be heard each and every Tuesday night live at WFMU.org, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. until midnight Eastern Standard Time. You can listen anywhere on the globe at WFMU.org. 
If you're in the New York area, you can listen over your radio at 91.1. If you're in the Hudson Valley area, outside of New York City, check out the show at 90.1. And if you need more information on the show, go to friendsoftom.com. That is the best show on WFMU website. I want to thank a few people who are uh, instrumental in making sure this show takes place every other week. I want to thank Martin DeGrell, who is the executive producer of Best Show Gems and the curator of this program. Thank you, Martin. Mel Matsuoka, who is the, uh, the man who has been in charge of the entire Best Show and WFMU archiving for ages now. He is the architect behind this whole thing. None of it would be happening without you, Mel. Thank you so much. John Worcester, of course. Thank you for all the stuff uh, you do and we do together. You're the funniest dude alive. AP Mike for all your work helping keep the show running smoothly. I want to thank Spoonie for coming up with the Best Show Gems logo. And again, if you want to listen to a full episode of the Best Show on WFMU, go to WFMU.org. There are archives up there covering the entire decade plus of the Best Show on WFMU. They're all waiting up there for you to listen to at WFMU.org. And thank you for listening to this, and we hope to... uh, have you hear us soon i don't know if you're hearing it or not i'm gonna assume you are so thank you so much and uh we will see you soon hi